Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. What's up, everybody? I think we're uh, live on YouTube, so I'm excited for all of our uh, viewers to pour in here. Uh, but I'll kick it off because uh, I'm really looking forward to tonight. Uh, I know I'm going to learn a lot, so I hope the, the audience does as well. But, you know, I was thinking, how do I open today's episode? And I was going to speak to our regular listeners. So you guys who are regular listeners, you know we're a network. You know we're guys who want to see the hobby grow and succeed. And we always say, Cage always says this. Our goal is for the entire pie to grow so that more people could eat at the table. I hope today's episode will be that for you guys. You've expressed your opinions. You've expressed your questions about the Babe Ruth sale. And I hope today you get your answers. I think people's frustration on this is twofold. I've been going down in the comments, reading about people's thoughts and opinions. I think it's the anonymity of the purchaser and the purchase price. And I think it was the announcement that it's a record sale without proof. And I hopefully you guys in the audience today will get some light on both of those. But I'm telling you guys what it's not going to be. It's not going to be a gotcha type of episode. That's not who we are. That's not what I'm about. That's not what we're about. And we, we're happy that we brought this topic up on yesterday's episode. And we're happy you guys listened. And we're happy that Ezra is here tonight with us to uh, discuss this topic. So without further ado, I hope I set the framework for today's uh, conversation, for today's discussion Ezra, welcome back to the show. It's really good to have you, man. What's up, boys? How are you? Look, I, lo I love you both, and I'm excited to talk about this topic tonight. Um, you know, yesterday was an awesome day for the industry. It really was. We could talk a lot more about that. Uh, you know, us all together, I just want to speak to the industry quickly for, for a minute, and then we could definitely talk, uh, you know, sort of about this, this, this sale, right? You know, I've, I've said, I've been on the record, I can't even tell you how many times at this point, by saying that this industry is the third-headed monster. Right? We are just emerging, guys, as a third-headed monster. We've been disrespected, and um, we have been overlooked for a long time. There are so many characteristics about this industry that make us a behemoth in the making, right? a behemoth in the making. I want to repeat this. We are the third-headed monster probably for the first time in our industry's history. right? And I would put us up day in and day out with fantasy sports and sports collectible. And I can't tell you how many people have interacted with this industry in this industry uh, the collectors, the dealers, the auction houses, the media, uh, you name it. I've spoken to a lot of you guys out there, right? And we have some amazing, amazing people in this industry who are all rowing in the same direction, right? So today should, yesterday, I should say, and today should be a celebration of the continued momentum and growth of the industry, the sign that people are taking us seriously. Uh, we've made news. We we're all over the press. That's amazing for all of us, guys. That's amazing for all of us. So I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, you know, I think last night a record does deserve to be explained. And, you know, we're here to explain it. And I'm happy to be doing this with Cajun Goldberg because uh, I really think you guys are two of the more thoughtful guys in the industry. <laughs> I'm a daily well, because I kicked the hornet's nest. That's why, because it was I'm me. A, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a daily listener <laughs> of the podcast. I think you guys are thoughtful. 
Um, and you both, whether whether or not you like it or not, did kind of create this <laughs> hornet's nest here. So I'm, I'm happy to come in and talk about it. And look, my hope is that uh, we we just kind of iron everything out and go forward together as an industry, celebrating what was an awesome day yesterday. And so here's where I'm going to go with this, right? Because our, our audience expects nothing less, and I'm going to let you answer. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you just give the facts, almost as if it's like a new thing, right? So I'm going to tell you about what I did as a kid, right? So what I did, what I did as a kid was we played wiffle ball on our street. And I was a 10, 11 year old when uh, when Mark McGuire was a rookie and he had his 47 home runs and Andre Dawson hit 49 and Bo Jackson came up. It was wood border cards and, you know, everybody's hitting home runs. And, and out on our street, we used to hit home runs. If you hit it all the way across the street, it was a home run and it counted. And during the summer, we used to keep track of the stats. We used to say, who on the block has the home run record? Is it me? Is it Joey Perino? Is it Richie Billa? Like, who's actually hitting the home runs here, right? And I would hit home runs. I was a big guy hit home runs. You know what I would do? I would go into my basement, which was unfinished, and I had one of these, like, you know, pitching machines. I'd step on it, and it would, it would pitch a ball. You know, it was like air. Uh, you know, push the ball. And I'd hit the ball. And if I ever hit it on a fly directly to the wall behind me, I counted as a home run. And I'd go out the next day, and I'd tell everyone I was in the home run lead. I had 50 billion home runs that summer, right? <laughs> I know no one saw it, right? It was in my basement, these home runs. But trust me, guys, I whaled that ball. I mean, I killed it. I'm the record holder, right? I'm yeah. the home run champ. Forget about McGuire and Andre Dawson. It's me. It's me, Cage. Boom, home run. Home run after home run. Does that count? Because I don't think it does. If it happens in darkness, in an unfinished basement, instead of out there on the street with the kids watching, right, with – with, with the publicity that comes with those home runs getting hit and everybody seeing them, can I really claim that I'm the record holder? Now, you get where I'm going. Yeah. Why don't look, you yeah, tell look. the folks listening yeah. why sure. this is a record, yeah. what you can say. All right, so for, for a little education of people, and I, you, you guys both know this, but I want to make sure that all of your listeners know this, right? So in this industry, there are what we call public sales, right, which are kind of auction house sales or eBay sales, ones that are public, right? And there's private sales. And believe believe me, you, right? A lot of these auction houses make a lot of money, private sales, and there's a big industry happening privately. People don't always hear it, especially in the game-worn market. I can't tell you how many big sales we know about through our intel that happen that nobody else knows about, right? So, um, you know, as it relates to this particular card, and again, we are a new platform, the last thing in the world we want to do is damage our own credibility. And the last thing we want to do is go on the record and make a huge PR stunt like we did yesterday and not have the facts to back it up. So, right. So of course we thought about this too, and we got confirmation from the buyer, from the buyer's attorney in writing, right. That the sale uh, for this 1914 Babe Ruth card, Baltimore news was in excess of $5.2 million. I want to make that very clear. We have it in writing from the buyer from the buyer's attorney on legal letterhead saying that a sale took place for this asset, for this card in excess of $5.2 million. Right. So, let's, so just, that, let's just stop for a second yeah. and make sure that point is made. Right. So even though the buyer wants to remain anonymous and even though we are not going to get an actual sale price, which is a little mm -hmm. different, there are, there are plenty of people who remain silent about their prices. Mm -hmm. There are par private deals all the time, you know, and it happens. And people don't want to, you know, don't want that publicity. We're not going to know the price. But you can, on the record, as somebody who has more regulations than most in this hobby, say that it did sell for more than $5.2 million. But we don't have a price. Correct. Yep. And look, you know, we're, we're simply the platform, right? So I also want to take a step back. 
and really educate people. I think this is a great, honestly, a great opportunity for Collectible to explain ourselves and who we are and what we provide, right? So again, we are a platform company, right? Our mission is to democratize this industry, to provide opportunities for buyers, right? Of all income brackets, all across the country, all hopefully all across the world soon, and sellers, right? To transact in a different way, to get liquidity, to get flexibility, right? And to do and to modernize the world of sports collectibles, right? We have been so consistent on the record of saying, Anything we offer on the platform is an offering. No, we're not holding anyone's feet to the fire. We're not telling you have to buy everything. No one's forcing you to buy it. We highly encourage everyone on any deal, not a rec- not just a record setter, on any deal to do your own homework, do your own diligence. If you don't like this at this price, you don't have to buy into it, right? But again, you know, we are a platform company that offers people the opportunity to buy and sell at a price. Okay. We have, we've had a, you know, most of our IPOs sell out really, you know, really quickly and effectively, but we have had some cases where people didn't like the price and they just didn't fund, right? So ultimately the market will speak for itself on this particular card, um, you know, but again, we have it on record and our job is only to honor the buyer's wishes, right? I think you can look at the auction houses and people don't like, people don't hold the auction houses feet to the fire when they have record sales, they don't disclose who the buyers are, you know, at, at all their auctions, right? It's a, uh, we're, we're a platform. So, but if we're being yeah. honest, I don't remember the last big auction house that came out and sold and said, we have a record price. It's a ballpark around, we think it's sold for more than X. Every one of those announcements is a price. Yours yep. is not a price. It's, it is, it is a valuation that you're offering something at yep. uh, based on a price that you can't tell us. So you can so see let's, how let's, that gets a little murky, right? So let's 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 talk valuation here too, right? Because I think I think this is also you know sort of a next step, right? So regardless of you know if this guy paid twelve million or one million or whatever it is, right? Um, you know, collectible also has a process too where we buy where, where we effectively you know value things. We have experts like some of the biggest auctioneers, appraisers, collectors, all that stuff on hand internally who vet and you know sort of evaluate every offering that we could potentially do. Right. Our mission is to take things to the public and we believe to be fair prices. Right. Again, as both of you guys know, whether it's in the collectibles market or the public markets or any market in the entire world, there is no science valuation. Right. Valuation is an art. It's not a science. You could look at comps, but even comps don't always tell the full story. Right. So, so again, is it fair to say somebody can buy a card on one day. Let's call it Tuesday mm-hmm. and by Thursday you can offer it at a different price. If, if we view it to be a fair price, again, based on current market conditions, I, I, I don't see why not. If, if someone's a really opportunistic buyer, right, and they and they strike a great deal, I mean, I, I, that's, that's, that's true in markets, right? Case, Correct. You have to go to public yep. markets and buy a stock when it's down 30%, it goes up 10% the next day. 100%, right? We just saw Gretzky, right? The Gretzky card sell for almost quadruple what it sold for yeah. a couple months ago. There's market uh, fluctuation, yeah. right? In, in case, like you, you, you know this really well too, right? Look, markets over the long term are the, the most efficient pricing mechanism we have. That's not to say markets are always perfect, right? There are inefficiencies all the time short term. There are, believe me, Hugh, right? In public markets where there are millions of traders every single day and millions of institutions, that's a far more efficient market than the collectibles market today. The collectibles market is really a very inefficient, immature market today. I, our hope is that through companies like Collectible, we can make it far more efficient because you have hundreds of thousands, hopefully millions in the near future, transacting and expressing a view. So it is 100% possible that inefficiencies exist. 
where a buyer can buy things uh, really attractively and relist it on our marketplace for hire. Obviously, it's you know we we try we do the best we can, but the, the, our job is really to take things public, uh, you know, or to offer it to people for them to make their own decisions. And again. We always encourage people to do their own diligence. I think this is a key point. Everyone should do their own homework and diligence and research on everything you invest in. That's not just a collectible thing. That's just a life thing and an investing thing. And I, I, don't, I don't think there's any different here. So I got a question, and then I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the question that I got. I'll paraphrase it because I don't have time to read the whole thing. But I'll paraphrase the question for you, and then I want you to respond, right? Because this is, this is Joe Luca Nation. This is Joe Collector, right, who's sitting on the sidelines and just looking at this. They don't yeah. read SEC filings. You know, they don't even understand half of what I'm saying because I don't even understand half of what I'm saying sometimes. And I got the marbles in my mouth, right? But they see this from the sidelines and they say, okay, there's a couple of players in this, right? There's a couple of players. There's the guy who's buying this card is obviously wealthy. Yep. And you got Collectible who's a platform, right? Yep. And this, and now we have a transaction. Somebody sold the card, right? So, so tell me why this person's question, tell me how you answer this person's question. You got somebody who paid less than $6 million for the card, okay? Yep. That's what the assumption is now, Okay. Five two, five three, five four, whatever it is, yep. they paid less than six million dollars for the card. They, in a closed room deal with you, back room, nobody's allowed in. They feel like Aaron Burr, right? They couldn't get into the room where it happened, right? So you like that, buddy? So so <laughs> they couldn't get into the room where it happened, right? They want in, but they can't, right? The, the, the public can't get into that room, yeah. and you and it's the buyer. Yeah. And the buyer says to you, and you say to the buyer, you know what? I know you paid five two, but we're going to put it on our platform immediately, mm-hmm. and we're going to put it up for six, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to immediately establish a new higher comp for you than what you paid, even though we know what you paid. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get some publicity out of this, and we're going to offer up one percent of this yeah. for sixty thousand dollars, right? It's not really providing liquidity for the buyer per se, and it's not somebody who I would think needs liquidity. Your guys, you guys can't be making too much money on it. I would imagine the amount you're making is probably not worth the headache that we gave you. So sorry about that. Um, but so so tell Joe, Joe Public, Joe Luca Nation, who's sitting there going, yeah. do we just have a, a collusion of a house that's looking to get some recognition for themselves, say that they're the ones brokering the, the highest price, highest value card ever, and you got a buyer who's basically looking to create a 15% bump on his comp mm-hmm. using you guys, and everyone's using each other, and then Joe Public is sitting there saying, this didn't sell for $6 million. What the hell's going on here? So, so talk yeah. to those, because believe it or not, that's what people are saying. That's what people yeah. are sitting there saying. They're saying, okay, I feel like there's a rug pull going on here, right? And with a company like yours, we've had you on. We know that you have stricter guidelines than 99% of the people who are in this hobby, right? Yeah. And we know you're doing this above board. So yeah. if you can answer that person as to what the process is, where we're going, why we did this, and it could be as easy, man, I don't give you the answer, but it could be as easy as, look, you really do want to grow the industry. And news like this grows the industry, right? It grows the hobby. It's good publicity. So, yeah, look, yeah, okay. I, I, think, I think that's an awesome point, right? So the the – the other side of like what what could have happened here, right? So if not for what did happen, what could have happened is this private sale occurs, right? It's big hobby news, right? It's big hobby news, and it doesn't get disclosed. It doesn't get publicized, right? So the our our two options were you have an amazing sale where you could have an incredible. I mean, I don't think anyone disagrees that this is an incredible asset, right? So the two options are you could have a record sale taking place. It sits in a wealthy guy's closet, probably, or sorry, in his vault. And no one ever knows about it. And you don't get the publicity for the industry at large, 
right? Even though it deserves it because it's an amazing accomplishment, an amazing day for the industry, or it can go on our platform where everyone can participate if they want to. There's no right, and we we tell the world what happened, right? And we have proof. We have proof that this did happen. And by the way, by the way, this is exactly this is one of the ways where collectibles, you know, uh, unique capabilities really shine through, right? Again, collectibles' mission is to be a platform, right, that provides flexibility and liquidity and optionality and more transparency and more participation and giving people, you know, the ability to, to co-own assets, right? So all this, all these things are happening in this particular sale, right? Look, the, the, the buyer, yeah, there, there's no doubt, right? Even though the buyer doesn't want to be disclosed because he doesn't need the publicity, he doesn't want publicity. This happens all the time in the collectibles industry. How many art sales happen where it's a wealthy, you know, a wealthy older collector who just doesn't, it doesn't want the headache. Like what, why would someone, like, why would someone want the fame? People want, you know, they, 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 they want their stuff to appreciate value. Everyone wants that, right? But they personally don't want the fame attached to it, right? So here, uh, you know, they, and, and by the way, also he's a self-made guy. Right. He's a completely self-made guy. So he loved the fact that collectible is really the only game in town that offers the ability to co-own an asset with people of all income brackets all across the country. Right. There's something pretty magical about the story. So where, let's get that out there. Right. Because yeah. that gets missed. Right. And I'd love yeah. to know if that's the truth. If this buyer, if the guy who owns this card is really saying, you know what, it's in a museum, it'll stay in the museum so people can enjoy it. But you know what I'm also going to do? I'm also going to make this something new, something that could not have been done a couple of yeah. years ago. I'm going to let. 20,000 shares of this, people can actually own a piece of this card with me. Not a huge piece. Yeah. $3, there's no bar to entry there. Can't even get a pack of cards for $3 right. anymore anywhere. So, I mean, is that some of the, were those, without, without you know, violating any confidentiality, whatever, is, is that part of the conversation that went on there? Is, is, is that the reason? Look, yeah, 100%. He, he look, he, he's, he's a self-made businessman um, who recognizes that very few people can afford to own or to individually purchase a $6 million asset, right? And this is unquestionably one of the best assets in the world. Unquestionably one of the best assets in the world, right? So regardless if he's selling 60,000 or 6 million, he's offering the opportunity of people of all income brackets all across the world to co-own and participate this asset. He's also a big collector, right? He's also someone who wants to see this industry thrive and grow and have headlines. And by the way, he also has a big collection too, right? So you also think about this too. Like it's not just this one card. This guy has a massive collection and the, the hobby benefits from this, right? And if the hobby benefits, everyone benefits. And if the hobby benefits, his other collection benefits too. So look, I'm not here to say that this was like, a, you know, completely philanthropic in his part. He obviously, he's a very wealthy, successful businessman, right? Like, He's smart. He's smart. But he recognizes that this the sale would get press. It would get publicity. Publicity you know, certainly helps prices. I, I think that's inarguable. He also wants to see the industry thrive and grow. And companies like Collectible, uh, whether some people like it or not, you know, can do a lot for the industry to open the knockdown barriers to entry, to reduce frictions, to create an incredibly compelling buyer and seller proposition. And, you know, again, like I think a very key point here is that Collectible is a new platform, right? We've done a believe me, we've done a lot to establish credibility, to do everything as high board as you possibly can. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's been a tremendous labor of love. And there's no way that we would have taken a risk without all the facts, right? So we have it on record that the guy paid more than 5.2 million, right? We have it, you know, in a legal document. We've seen the wire transfers. That it was for over 5.2 million. It would have made our lives a lot easier if we could disclose who the buyer was and what the exact price was paid. 
but we're honoring the buyer's wishes. We're honoring the wishes of everyone involved in the transaction. And our mission here and our you know, real strong conviction and belief is that we've done everything we possibly can uh, as above board as we possibly can. And we're offering an opportunity for people of all income brackets to participate, right? No one has to participate. No one even has to believe the story, right? Like it happened. We announced it. We told you exactly what happened. We have nothing to hide. I wouldn't be sitting here on the podcast, you know, doing all this if we had anything to hide. Um, and if people decide to believe it or not, that's totally your prerogative, guys. Like that's totally your prerogative. But the truth is, this was a great day for the industry. It should be supportive of all of us. We should all feel excited that this industry is becoming a behemoth. Collectible is hopefully, you know, going to help spearhead that. And it should be positive and exciting for all. An incredible accomplishment took place in a way that's never been able to take place before. And again, we're, 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 we're tremendously excited about that. I got some bad news for you, though. The whole thing's moot. Just came across. I see it on, on the AP. Um, $6.3 million. Andrew just paid me for an ungraded Tyler Hero <laughs> base rookie. Base prison. <laughs> look, let, look, he sent look, it to me it, in, in Ethereum. <laughs> I got it. I swear. It's awesome. Look, look that, 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 that would be great for the industry, right? Like by, by no means are we saying that this is, is the record in perpetuity. The record probably broken in two weeks from now. Right. We've seen that time and time again. How many records have been broken over the last three months? Right. I mean, it's great. It's great for the industry. It shows momentum. It shows enthusiasm. It shows real money coming in. It's supportive of the entire industry. Right. So this this will probably not be a record for long. But what it shows is that, again, there's momentum. There's excitement. Uh, the best assets continue to separate themselves. Right. We've seen a lot of price bifurcation where some assets are going down because they're not that scarce. They're not that rare. And other assets continue to go higher and higher because there's real rarity and there's real scarcity, right? So I think, you know, the, the haves and have nots have been, you know, been sort of separating themselves as of late. This is an iconic card. Yep. So like, and again, I, I want to make this also very clear as well, right? So let's, let's talk math and multiples and sort of how, you know, we, you know, we felt confident about this valuation. Again, I want to be very clear here. You know, our business is not to make any forward projections or guidance. Yep. We highly encourage everyone to, to do their own research and all that stuff. But I think a little perspective on the price of this asset. Is so before you do this, because what yeah. we're about to embark upon is, is figuring out how the $6 million valuation is reasonable, fair, yeah. accurate, maybe even low. He's not allowed to say that. I can say it. But here's the, here's the fun part. Before we get there, I want to make sure everybody out there listening knows you are not saying this sold for $6 million. Right, people who uh, crossed uh, over. Yeah, yeah, I want to. I want to be as. I'll, I'll say this ten times over if I have to. I'll say literally. I'll say that. I'll repeat myself ten times. Okay, <laughs> ten. <laughs> here, here we go. All right, the card sold in excess of five point two million dollars. I'll say it again. Yep. The card sold in excess of five point two million dollars. Right. The card did not sell for six million. I'll say it again. Perfect. The card did not sell for six million. So now another thing for the repeating, yeah. all right? Any any mention on social media or anything like that, if somebody posted it and you liked it or potentially reposted it, that's not you saying it sold for six million dollars, correct? Because right. if people right. are saying that, like that just because somebody mistook it or got a headline wrong, whatever it is, I want to make sure I give you the opportunity not just to say it didn't sell for six million, but that it's also not your intention, I don't think to lead people to believe it sold for $6 million. Yeah, right. Look, it, it was an incredible, like, I'm sure people can understand this. Yesterday was an incredibly exciting day for yep. our company. Yep. Right. We got a lot, I mean, a lot of publicity. Positive. We got a lot yep. of press. We got a lot of likes. We got a lot of comments. You know, our, our, our social media team was on a liking spree yesterday, <laughs> spree yes. yesterday, all that stuff. If we accidentally liked or retweeted one thing that said 6 million, it was not intentional. We were not trying to mislead anyone. It was an incredibly exciting day. 
So again, I want to be very clear here because this is incredibly important. The card sold in excess of 5.2 million. The card did not sell for 6 million. We are offering 1% of the card to the public at a $6 million valuation. 1% of 6 million is $60,000. We're offering $60,000 to the public on IPO at $3 per share. People can take it or leave it, right? Take it or leave it. You don't have to invest. No one's holding your feet to the fire on this. We did take you know, an indication of interest yesterday, and you may have seen this. We sent that something, there was an indication of interest on this card, and we got multiples upon multiples upon multiples of interest at that $6 million level, right? So here's another thing, here's another thing, which I, I find this like a, just a little ironic here that people are harping on like, you know, how, like this card is not worth that. Well, look, when something sells at an auction and Cage and Goldberg, I'm gonna ask you this as questions, right? I won't, I won't lead, I'll ask you guys as questions. When something sells, and I wanna ask both of you guys this question. Okay, I'll ask you first. Kate. Yeah. When something sells at an auction at a price, how many buyers have to justify and pay that price for it to be a completed sale? Just one, the person who won it. Okay, Goldberg. When something sells at an auction, how many people have to justify it and pay that price for it to be considered a completed transaction? I don't, I don't know if this answer. I, I'm a free market guy. I'm, I, the price is what people will pay for at the end of the day. Right. You, you guys have seen how collectible works for eight months now. How many shareholders on average do we get on any particular IPO that we do? Hundreds and thousands. So you got 20,000 shares here, right? So, I mean, I'd love hundreds, to limit it to right? one per person. So still sell hundreds out. of people <laughs> have to agree to a price of something for it to be a completed transaction. So the market has already spoken and saying, we'll pay well in excess of what you guys are offering at this price, right? So, you know, I think that right there is validation of the price, regardless. And Cage, I, I'm actually curious. Cage, when you ask other sophisticated collectors and buyers in this space what they thought the card was worth, what did they say? That the $6 million is not unreasonable because there's only 10 of them. And although most people want the blue one, and my co-host thinks it's the most hideous card on earth, <laughs> I think he's coming around to it. Um, the fact that- That was, them, that was a quote unquote of what I said when I saw this. <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that it's Babe Ruth, the fact that it, you know, the last time it's old was 2013, and you know, so many other cards had multiples you know, that are crazy since then. I, I would not have a difficult time justifying the six. It, and I don't even think, the commentary that people came up with, though, is about the valuation, Ezra. And you can go through it and, and figure out the six. As a matter of fact, I don't even think if you came out right now and said that the thing sold for $6.5 million, I don't think any, I, I think you'd get less pushback because, yeah. you know, it's one person with money. And, and I get it. I'm sure. Well, look, I, I, and, and again, I'll say this again. Like, believe it, it would have made our lives a lot easier had we been able to be transparent about everything. And you, you, you can ask a lot of people who are involved in this. Like it was something that we, you know, we want to do, but we were unable to, right? And so again, our job, and the same when I spoke to a lot of big auction houses about this too, um, you know, they, they said, look, your job is to honor, like you, your job is to honor what the buyer's wishes are, right? Your job is not to, to overstep that. Um, we're honoring the buyer's wishes. We've done everything above board. We have confirmation the price was paid. We announced exactly what was true. We announced that there was a sale that took place in excess of 5.2 million. That's a fact. And we announced that we're selling one percent or offering offering one percent at six million. That's a fact, right? And again, I, I want to go back to the math here because I also think it's important. And again, I want to be very transparent about this. We're not we're not saying this is an amazing deal. We're not telling you to buy. We're not telling you it's going to go up. We're just we're sort of just giving our justification on how this valuation arrived, aside from the fact that this a transaction occurred that was in the ballpark of this, right? I can't tell you exactly what it was, but it was close, right? Um, 
think about think about a Jordan PSA 10. I think a lot of people, you know, kind of look at that in a lot of ways as a leading indicator or sort of like, you know, the index for the hobby, rightfully or wrongfully, right? Um, back in 2013, when the last uh, when the last issue of this particular uh, card sold publicly, right? Back in 2013, a Jordan PSA 10 was trading in the ballpark of $10,000. In the ballpark of $10,000, right? So again, when this, last, when this card last sold, it was trading at $10,000 a Jordan PSA 10. Cajun Goldberg, what, what would you say the average price sold of a Jordan PSA 10 has been over the last month or two? I'll oh, take this. Yeah, please. 300 to 300 to 350, depending okay. on centering, condition, new slab, that stuff. Great. Okay. So, so let's go with your most conservative valuation, then, right? Say, say it's $300,000. So again, we went from 10,000 in 2013 to $300,000 today. What multiple is that Goldberg? Oh, don't make it do math. 30, yeah. not 30. I said 30x. Okay, good. Bro. I thought you said three. I was like, geez, what okay. kind of Wall right. Street did this guy so that, Okay, so that, that, that's a 30x multiple. That's a 30x multiple since 2013. Goldberg or Cage, who, who's who's ever better equipped to answer this? I'm, I'm back to math. Let's go. I'm, I'm back to good. By the way, that puts it? the valuation of this card now at about 12. Wait, hang on, 12 hang on. Hang on. Let's, let's, 12, right? 12? Let's, right. let's, let's go through the math. Let's go through the math here. Let's go through the math. All right, ten thousand to thirty thousand. We've ten thousand to three hundred thousand. Excuse me. We've established just a thirty x multiple, right? What is the population on a Jordan PSA ten eighty six flare right now? Three hundred seventeen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you have that bookmark. <laughs> so if you if you gauge if you apply thirty x multiple and by, and by the way, guys, the last sale was a PSA one. This was an SGC three, not the exact card. This was an SGC three. Say what you want about the grading agencies and like. You know, what, what's an SG3 card to PSA 1? But say it's the exact same card, right? Say it was the exact same card. This is PSA 1. What's the, the one sell What's a 30x multiple on, on where the card sold in 2003? This particular card. What's a 30x multiple on where the card, the card sold last? What did it sell at 13? What did it sell? It was like, like in the range of 450, call, call it 500,000, just for easy so, now. So even if you took your, 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 your low end on both the multiple and the card values, we did 12 and $15 million. Okay, so 12 to $15 million. And how many of them are, these, are there in circulation? 10. 10, right. So to backtrack, we're selling this at six. There are 10 of them in the world. The Jordan PSA 10 is now trading 300. That's a 30X multiple. If you were to apply 30X multiple in the last sale, and are you, are you could argue ours is even a higher example, but let's just do that. You'd be looking at a 12 to $15 million valuation on Babe Ruth, right? So again, uh, I, I totally understand. I don't want to come here and say, like, I don't understand what the, you know, what, why people are questioning all I 1,000% uh, understand it. Believe me, it would have made my life a hell of a lot easier. But I also want to give reassurance to the market that the sale was 100% in excess of $5.2 million. It was not $6 million. It was not $6.2 million, but it was in excess of 5.2 and collectible will be offering 1% at $6 million. Yep. So here we are. We have the wrap. And I will, I will say this, right? So there are probably some people who are going to be, um, you know, happy about the answer you gave. There are, are probably still going to be a few who say things like, and maybe they're spoiled. Maybe I'm spoiled, right? That all of the records, I know when Barry Bonds broke the record and I put, a, I put an asterisk on it. I know when Mark McGuire broke the home run record. I know, go back to my wiffle ball. Yep. Right? 
it's very hard for people to swallow two things, especially when they know how much that Luca sold for, they know how much the LeBron yeah. sold for, they know yeah. how much the 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 Rob Go uh, Mickey Mantle sold for, and, yeah. and, and everything else is kind of out there, right? So it's difficult for people to give someone a record and say yep. it is a record without knowing what the record is, especially that. in a hobby where you're right, it, you know, we are growing, right? The hobby. It, it, is is growing and what i loved about fractional share you know your guys rally you know um is that you are regulated when most of the hobby is not and you have you you know you're held to a higher standard you really are um so i think people sit there and they say you know if if anybody was going to have to be transparent it would have to be these guys right and yet the lack of a price Mm -hmm. is read as a lack of transparency and i guess that's on that's on the buyer Right. And you're just you're 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 working with what you're allowed to work with and what he's letting you do. And you're basically just saying we're able to offer this at a price we think is right. Uh, you know, I think maybe, you know, coming out and saying it's a record, it's a record, it's a record without being able to tell people what yeah. the record is, is part of the disconnect, I maybe. I, I and I completely understand that. Believe me, I'm dying. I'm bursting at the seams to, <laughs> to say all that. Um Again, you know, our, our job really is to, is to be a platform and to provide opportunities for both buyers and sellers to transact at what we hope are fair prices and to get, you know, to bring the most iconic opportunities to fractional, uh, you know, to, to everyone, right? To bring fractional opportunities to everyone, regardless of if you can afford to, to spend $6 million or you can only afford to spend $3, right? This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to own one of the most amazing, I don't think anyone questions the quality of the asset, Right. Or like whether or not it's worth what uh, it's being offered at. This is an opportunity. Right. And so, again, I, I'm with you. You know, Collectible has prioritized transparency, as you guys know, um, from day one. And again, I think we're being as transparent as we humanly possibly can in this particular situation. And again, we can confirm what we've confirmed tonight. Um, and I'm also happy to go on record and confirm when a record uh, has sold for an excess of what this one did. I, I'll be the first one to come out. And, 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 you know, sort of set the record uh, straight there. But again, you know, our, our, our job really is to be that platform company that provides opportunities and flexibility and liquidity for both buyers and sellers and hopefully transact at fair prices and then let, let sort of market forces do what they're going to do. Yeah, listen, I love it. And I'll give you one, one bit of praise because obviously, you know, we started a whole whirlwind for you and I'll let Andrew, you know, take us home here. It's we, this thing started, right. You know, the, 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 the questions started coming up today, and we're only talking a couple hours ago, right? There are posts out there, you know, questioning what happened here. We reached out to you and said, you want to come on? You did not come scrambling and say, I got to do damage control. We said, hey, look, we didn't, we, we, we did our thing. We questioned it. Uh, I think it's reasonable to question this. I really do. And you now know my questions and why, and, and, yep. and, and, and I think you understand them. Yep. Um, and to, to, to your credit, you were like, just tell me when we want to come on. Just tell me when you want. We, we welcome the opportunity to be as transparent as we're able to be. And I think that does speak volumes. So to anyone in Luca Nation, the Joe Luca Nation that I was talking to, the one whose question that I was asking, um, I'll speak for you. I, I would love to know what the price is. And I do feel like I'm left wanting something, right? I, I do. Um, and I get that. Um um, and maybe I'll take that up with the buyer the next time I see him, punch him and, you know, whatever, break his hip, old man river. But, you know, it's one of these things, right, you know, where, where you know, you can't do it. You can't say what it is. So you're going to have to, I mean, we appreciate you coming on, but you're going to have to take some lumps with that, unfortunately, because people are going to be left wanting. I mean, you basically, you ended Endgame 
Yeah. When Thanos was about to snap, like you left out <laughs> that Tony Stark takes the stones and snaps and you left that last couple minutes out where it changes the whole dynamic, man. So that's why you're getting what you're getting, you know, go ahead. Some, well, no, look, I agree. And, and look, I, I also want to say this too. You know, I, I also, I understand that, you know, when you're dealing with a card of this magnitude, there was a lot of competition for this card. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to throw out any conspiracies or any of that sort. Ooh, no, we, throw them. Let's go. I love. The we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't play that game. Sure. We, we don't play that game. We're we're straight shooters yep. as much as we possibly can when it's in our full control. We're straight shooters, as, as people have seen from Collectible. But you know, when you this was a hotly sought after card, right? A lot of different types of players, whether they're more established legacy players, whether they're newer entrants into the space, there was a lot of competition for this card. And collectible is a new platform, a new way of doing things. And, um, you know, I think people, some people were surprised uh, when they heard collectible uh, got it. You know, I, I've, I think everyone on the collectible side and um, all the consigners who dealt with us. And I think people totally understood why this buyer decided to come to us. We can uniquely provide opportunities uh, and flexibility that comp other companies cannot provide. Right. So I'm not surprised and I'm not making any conspiracies or speculations, but I'm not surprised that when you're setting records and you are doing, you know, really exciting things and growing the industry that you're always going to have, you know, you're always going to have detractors, right? I mean, show, show me, show me one, one company, uh, show me one athlete who is succeeding in a big way. And again, like I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Knicks fan. I was at game two, you know, the Knicks Hawks recently where people were, were chanting, you know, uh, profanities at Trey Young. I was probably one of them. I mean, not probably, I was one of them. Right? So, you know, when, when, but like, I can't argue that Trey Young, is an incredible ball player, and I can't argue that Trey Young just ate the Knicks lunch, right? So I think some of that is healthy competition. I think some of that is people recognizing that Collectible uh, is a big player in this industry, whether you like it or not. And, uh, you know, again, I think just for everyone in the industry, yesterday was an awesome day. It shows continued momentum and growth in the industry. Uh, you know, I think we're building behemoth. I think we're the third-headed monster, and uh, we're really excited to have participated in such a, a historic event yesterday, and we're excited for the continued growth. And I think people, you know, hopefully just in the first eight months of our operations, people have learned that when it's in our full control, we are, uh, I would say, arguably the most transparent company in this industry, right? When it's in our control, we are the most transparent company in this industry. And I think that's a standard that people can expect. And we've been very consistent in that. So just to wrap it up, take it home here. No doubt. I commend you for coming on, Ezra. The reason that I, I even reached out to you was Cage and I come at this from, from different angles. You know, Cage has been in the hobby for four decades. Some call him the hobby watchdog, not me. Uh, but I come at this, I love business. I love to see industry growth. And I think a dash of skepticism, a dash of curiosity is cool, but, but I don't understand this whole cancel culture. I, I really don't get it. It makes no sense to me. I don't understand the, if he is or she is having success, that means it's my failure. So I wanted to have a discussion around that because what, what I saw today, and it was predominantly on Instagram, was just a lot of people trying to tear a company and behind a company stands people, employees with families, try to tear them down without actually uh, any curiosity as to what is this deal? How did it go down? What are the details? And I think as a hobby, I think one of the, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. One of the best things about the hobby is that we're passionate. Yeah. Uh, but because we're passionate, we're so quick to jump down people's throats. And if I could ask people for anything, it's just a bit of grace. I mean, we're all trying to win. We're all doing the best we can. And we're all human beings at the same time and trying to navigate life. 
and, and before we jump to conclusions, before we make these huge accusations with absolutely no proof, maybe, maybe we get to know. Maybe we ask the right questions. That's where I came at it because this whole conversation with you and Cage, it was a learning lesson for me. I don't know most of this stuff. I think that card is hideous. I don't, I, I don't know why <laughs> someone would buy it. I think for six million bucks, you could do so much. Uh, but I learned and I had a few conversations with my mentor today, a conversation with Cage. I learned about the significance of this card. And I think it would behoove a lot of people to, to approach life with curiosity and skepticism, not like they're evil, they're horrible, they should be banned, they should be shunned, this whole cancel culture. That, that would just cause prices and the hobby to collapse, collapse faster uh, than anything. So that's, I know, a bit quiet, Luca Nation and my fan base. That's where I came at this thing from. That, that's my true feeling. So I don't know that's, if that's a good place to end it. Yeah, so, and again, I'll, I'll say I'll say one one more thing about collectible too. You know, our, you know, I'll say this. You know, we we at collectible love the industry, love the hobby, right? I think we've gone through extraordinary lengths to better the industry, to make it more transparent, more regulated, provide additional opportunities for growth. I think you know, I can't tell you how many people uh, have reached out in support of what happened yesterday. And how many people have been incredibly supportive? The biggest players in the industry, not all of them, but most of them, uh, have been incredibly supportive of what Collectible has done. I think fractional ownership and this type of marketplace that we're creating is just the next uh, evolution of this industry. It, sh it shows, you know, when our market continues to expand the way we've done it, it shows progression, it shows maturation, it shows that sometimes prices are just too big for individual people to take down, right? So, you know, we've gone through what we've done because we love this industry. We want nothing, obviously, but for the best of it, uh, we've spoken to a lot of you in the industry. Collectible has supported a lot of you in the industry. We try to showcase uh, you know, different types of companies. We have auction houses on, you know, some people could think auction houses are competition for us. We feature you guys, right? We feature you on our podcast. We feature you on, you know, our weekly news summary. We're supportive of all this because our view is not, this is a, you know, sort of one person wins, one person, like this is not a zero sum game, guys. We're an industry, right? And again, we've been disrespected and looked at as, as that third, you know, third headed stepsister for too long, right? So, we need to grow together. We need to evolve together and chopping each other down the knees. I'm not even speaking about what happened today. I'm speaking just in general because I've seen comments about other companies, other situations that are just shrouded in negativity. And it doesn't have to be that way, right? We can, you we should, can all you together and grow together and a rising tide lifts all boats and collectible will be very consistent in that. I totally understand people's skepticism. Believe me, it would make our lives a lot easier if we could be fully transparent in everything. All I can say is I can sleep really soundly at night because everything that we can possibly do to be as transparent as we possibly can has been done, right? And whether you choose to believe there was a record or not, that's out of our control. And again, just want to make this 1,000% clear. The card sold in excess of 5.2 million. We have it legally. We have seen the wire transfers uh, and we are offering 1% of it to the public at $6 million. People can buy it or not buy it, choose to buy it or not buy it. We encourage everyone to do their own homework. And um, again, we're just excited for the industry. Um, love you both. Thank you for, 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 all, for all you do for to elevate the conversation and to bring a lot of awareness to the industry. And um, you know, we're, we're excited about you know, the, the growth and the maturation of the market to come. Andrew? Love it. 
I, I just wanted to share a few comments, you know, from the audience. Good. You know, okay. Joe B, congratulations, Ezra. It's incredible what you have done to scoop this card away from the big auction houses. I was going to say, I, I'm not surprised you guys got the card because from my dealings with you, and guys, I invested $500 into a Ted Williams card. But just any questions I had, anytime I emailed, shout out to Dan from your team. Uh, he does yeah. an amazing job and it's an amazing culture you guys are building. Uh, Geraldo, so Cage, you know who this is. They call you Geraldo. <laughs> Geraldo, uh, Geraldo Rivera, because you know he went into Al Capone's, you know, safe and found nothing. So, so you're driving the hobby. <laughs> Ezra, you made the right choice. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, Eric Myers, we had him on. Uh, he said definitely a historical card. Fully can't wait to see where this card is in 18 years. He totally agrees. This card is worth close, if not six million. So uh, thank you, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on, Ezra. You too, guys. Yeah, means the world. Andrew, I love how you ended this, man. I want to go do yoga now. Positivity. <laughs> and like, I want to, like, you know, like, warrior one. You know, I want to do some poses. Nah, Sc scarcity I, mindset is a killer. Yeah, listen, dude, we appreciate you coming on. Because, I, I, you know, I imagine, I imagine, you know, it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind 48 hours. You know, a lot of good press, a lot of good stuff. So let's keep it there. Um, and, uh, you know, real congratulations and congratulate the buyer for us as well. Cause I will for sure. I will for sure. It's pretty amazing. It's amazing stuff. Thanks. Ezra. Thanks guys. Take care. This episode of Lucas Tigers and Bronze was brought to you by hybrid grading approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Luca's Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.